It's a scorcher out here, sports fans. Here's the 1-2 pitch. He hits it high. It's deep. And it's barehanded by a fan in the bleachers. Is he wearing swim trunks? That is one well-dressed family. Must be Old Navy. The crowd's on its feet. That's what I call big league style. Run to Old Navy right now. The entire store is on sale up to 50% off. Plus, all swimwear is 50% off. Hurry in now. Valid 520 through 525. Excludes clearance and gift cards. Hello again, everyone. I'm Joe Longinusa, welcoming you to another edition of Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. The show where industry leaders, golf professionals, and legends all come and discuss the great game we love so much. So without further ado, let's turn it over to our host to tell us who's next on the tee. Chris, take it away. Hey, thank you, Joe Lajanusa. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me on Next on the Tee. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and this morning I have three great guests in store for you. First up is going to be Don Barnes. Don is the founder and commissioner of the Sunbelt Seniors Tour, which is the number one tour in the world for players 45 and over, preparing themselves to get out on the Champions Tour or over on the senior Euro, uh, the European Senior Tour. They are also proud supporters of the Veterans Golf Association. And for our veterans listening in on the Armed Forces Radio Network who want more information about that organization, please go to VGAGolf.com. Org. That's the letter V as in Victor, GAGolf.org. We'll talk to Don about all that and the other great things that he and that tour are doing when he joins me here in just a few minutes. Following Don will be Dick Sullivan. Dick is the president and CEO of the PGA Tour Superstore. Dick has led that organization for nearly six years now. Uh, he has been the an executive vice president also for the Atlanta Falcons and the chief marketing officer over at Home Depot. The PGA Tour Superstore has some great promotions going on for Father's Day. Plus, if Dustin Johnson wins the U.S. Open, anyone who buys a 2015 TaylorMade R15 or Aero Burner driver in stores between now and June 17th, well, they're going to get that driver for free. We'll chat about that and much more when Dick joins me about 20 minutes from now. Then we're going to wrap up the show with a new segment, Ask Sean. Our friend in 2003 PGA champion, Sean McKeel, will be here answering your questions that you tweet to us at my Twitter page, at CT Mascaro, or you send to us on our Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro Facebook page. Sean joined me last week, and following the show, we got to talking, and Sean really enjoys interacting with the fans. So we thought, what if we started a segment called Ask Sean, where he could respond to questions from our listeners and followers on social media about anything about the game. So here we are. We've been collecting questions all week, and Sean will be here to answer them about 45 minutes from now. So it's going to be a great show. I'm so glad you're here to take the journey with me. Next on the tee is brought to you today by our friends over at Seymour Putters. Let's get things rolling by hearing a word from our folks over there. Golfers, has this happened to you? Great drive. Perfect second shot on the green. Only the three or even four putts shaking your head all the way back to the cart. I have good news. Help is on the way with the Seymour Putter. The Seymour Putter Company patented RST technology sets up the putter perfectly every time using a visible gun sight on the top line. Genius. 
It's like locking radar onto the target. In this case, the golf hole. Putting the golfer in perfect position to make a reliable and consistent stroke. The 1999 U.S. Open and 2007 Masters Champions both use, you guessed it, the Seymour putter. So if you're ready to make more putts and take strokes off your game, log on to Seymour.com. That's S-E-E-M-O-R-E.com and put a Seymour putter in your bag today. Like Joe said, check out their rifle scope technology to help win two majors and 35 tour events so far, and it's going to help you make more putts too. I know it's helping me, folks. Check them out online. Seymour.com. That's S-E-E-M-O-R-E.com. I also want to give a shout-out to our new friends over at Allen Edmonds. You know, they're the shoe company. They're shoes of uh, great leaders from the Oval Office to corner offices around the world. From stage and screen to promising cubicles all around the country are part of what make people successful. The right footwear is important on the carpets and the hardwood floors of our global economy. Get it right with made in USA quality and value from Allen Edmonds. To find out the right pair for you, go to allenedmonds.com. Allen Edmonds is an American original. All right, I want to kick off the show today like we do every week here on Next on the T by saluting the brave men and women serving in our military. We want to thank all of you for your daily sacrifices and for what you do every day to keep the rest of us safe. We also want to thank our veterans for all you've done for us over the years. We truly appreciate everything our military personnel do to preserve our freedoms and our liberties. It's through your strength and your efforts that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and all the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It's an honor for us to have our show be a part of your network. You can find us by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. I also want to let our veterans know, please check out globalboysforveterans.org. It's a great site with news and articles and a wealth of information designed specifically for our veterans that I'm sure you guys are going to find both interesting and beneficial. Again, go to globalvoiceforveterans.org. I also want to thank everyone listening in across the Internet on great sites like iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio as well. Plus, if someone's dragging you to the mall or out to the grocery store, you're just tired of the same old, same old on your commute, download the Player.fm or Stitcher app on your smartphone and take us with you everywhere you go. Let us give you something fun to focus on while you're out and about. All right, now joining me on the Seymour Potters guest line is Don Barnes. Let me give you a little more information about Don. He is the founder and CEO of the Sunshine Seniors Tour, which is recognized as the number one tour in the world for players 45 and over trying to prepare themselves to get out on the Champions Tour or over on the European European, European sorry, Senior Tour. Don is a former club pro from South Carolina and started uh, that tour back in 1996. They've got 15 tour currently events scheduled on the 2015 schedule, mostly along the southeast, but later this year, August 29th through 31st, they'll be playing up at the Seneca Niagara Casino Pro-Am in Niagara Falls, New York. Uh, their tournament uh, here more, more recently is going to be June 2nd through June 5th at the Chelsea Oaks Golf Club in Coleman, Alabama, followed by the Oxford Senior Open at Cider Ridge Golf Club in Oxford, uh, Alabama as well. And it is certainly a pleasure for me to have Don next on the tee with me this morning. Don, thanks for joining me. 
Chris, it's great to be here. I'm glad to be next on the tee. I appreciate you, Don. So, so Don, take me back to the mid-90s. What made you decide to get a tour like this started? Well, I was a, a club pro, and I had a, a senior pro that worked for me by the name of Hamp Ald. Uh, Hamp played on the PGA Tour, and, uh, in fact, he finished fifth in the first uh, National Senior Open at Wingfoot. And he wanted me to get involved with the senior tour. Uh, unfortunately, I had a job and uh, couldn't necessarily uh, take the time to start a tour. But somewhere along the line, uh, we did such a good job running the club, they decided to sell it. And uh, that left an opening for me to do something else. So that's why we started the tour. It was because <laughs> of my mentor, Hamp Ald. So, Don, to your point, it's it's got to be a huge undertaking getting something like this, you know, off the ground. What's involved with getting a mini tour up and running? Well, uh, yes, it's it's a it's a huge job. Uh, fortunately, uh, I was in Myrtle Beach, and there was no shortage of golf courses uh, at which to host a, a tournament. And uh, being I was a PGA professional, I knew a lot of the the, the club pros. So that from that standpoint of it, it was uh, fairly easy. The rest was uh, being able to attract sponsors and players. And uh, today, attracting sponsors is still the most difficult part. But uh, I bet. we had a lot. Of, yeah, we had a lot of uh, professionals and contacts. And uh, you know, we started small. Uh, we had about a three hundred fifty dollar entry fee, and sometimes we only had a dozen or so pros. And, in fact, uh, in the early years, there was one event I had. I only had four players. But we went ahead and uh, and held the tournament and uh, paid the players uh, the top two. And from there, we were off and running. And, uh, actually, in the first couple of years, we did 40 events a year in uh, all in the Myrtle Beach area. Wow. So, Don, besides being at least 45 years old, you know, how do players go about you know getting more information and qualifying to play in one of your events? Yeah, our our tour is, is fairly easy to get involved with. Uh, we have a website, uh, www.sunbeltseniortour.com, and players can go on there and they can see our schedule. They can see past results uh, to get an idea of the scores people are shooting. They can uh, see the money that we've paid out. And uh, we've got it all on there for the past 20 years, our money list and, and so forth. Uh, so they can go online, they can sign up for membership, they can sign up for tournaments, or they can call and uh, get the information. But they don't have to be a PGA professional. They don't have to have past experience. We get a lot of guys that uh, work for a living, we're executives, business owners, and so forth. And uh, when they get to be about 50 years old, they They'd love to have played on a tour, and this gives them an opportunity to do it. They'll never, probably at that age, get on the Champions Tour, but they, they certainly get the same experience. That's awesome. So, Don, when I was looking at some of the players that you have playing out there, there are some names that you know I recognize as former winners out on the regular tour. Can you share some of the names of the guys that you have playing you know, week in and week out on the tour? Sure, sure. Uh, actually, uh I went down through the list, and uh, we've got 25 players that won between one and ten million dollars on the PGA Tour. Wow! And uh, 
uh, current players, uh, Skip Kendall has played a few events with us this year, uh, Blaine McAllister, Donnie Hammond, Dick Mast, uh, Danny Edwards. Uh, well, let's see. Well, a nice we, list we so far. Some, yeah, we got some European players, Steen Tinning, who uh, was second on the order of merit two years ago on the European Senior Tour uh, from Denmark. He's he's played with us. We've had and Mark Ferry played with us this year from France. Uh, so, you know, we get some really strong players. Those guys are all playing with us this year. And Boros, everybody knows Guy Boros, uh, yeah. Julius's son. And uh, we get a lot of guys from the uh, Web.com tour this year. Uh, Paul Claxton, who until this year uh, was the leading money winner on uh, Web.com, he, he won $1.8 million. That's a lot for the secondary tour. Yeah. And the, and the thing we were most excited about, Marco Dawson. Uh, Marco Dawson played the PGA Tour for years and years and never won a, a PGA Tour event. And uh, he started playing with us last year. He played in uh, five events, and he won two of them and had a second place and a couple thirds. And uh, he got he Monday qualified on the Champions Tour, made enough money that he was exempt this year. And wow. uh yeah, he he won it's an amazing thing. He came and played with us in February in Melbourne, Florida. He won the event and uh he won twenty five hundred dollars. That was in February. March he went out to Arizona and he won the champions event and won two hundred and fifty thousand. That was kinda of <laughs> neat story. Yeah, and that then, is a great story. To show the character of him, uh, the following month we had another event down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and he not not only came back and played, he did a clinic for the guys. So, uh, you know, he didn't let success go to his head. He, he remembered, you know, where he got a second rebirth, and uh, that was neat for him to come out and do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great story. So... Don, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal about you and the tour. And keep me honest though, you know, about the numbers here. But the players pay an entry fee of about $700. And the typical purse, I read at least at that time, was somewhere in the neighborhood of $6,000. And in that article, Blaine McAllister, who you mentioned, you know, said, playing for your own money puts you under the gun. The pressure, you know, that's the kind of pressure that you're after. You want to get your bait money back. So, from a financial perspective, it's like the players are sort of betting on themselves and trying not to, I guess, run their own personal bank accounts dry. But talk about, you know, you know, guys getting in, what the entry fees are, and then, you know, kind of what you're hearing back from those players as uh, they go week to week, uh, essentially trying to make sure they make their money back on top of, you know, getting their uh, getting the purse money. Yeah, well, what he was talking about was a, a base tournament. Yes, $700 is our uh, entry fee, uh, but every event isn't that small of a purse. In fact, uh, that that's kind of low. We usually have at least $10,000. And then we have some uh, events that we have uh, sponsor money, added purses. And, uh, you know, th- those uh, events would be up around $25,000. So... Uh, 
but it it is tough for the players because uh, they are playing with their own money, most of them. A few have sponsors that are helping them out. But uh, that's real pressure. When you go play on a Champions Tour that has a million-dollar purse and you're going to get a check whether you finish first or last, that's not pressure. Pressure is when you're paying 40% of the field and you're putting your own money up. <laughs> right. So... Speaking from a sponsor level you know, perspective, Don, I know I was on your site again, SunbeltSeniorTour.com, and you've got Antigua Apparel on there, Bushnell, and Wilson staff. Uh, are those guys helping to you know sponsor the tour, or how are they involved? Uh, Antigua, for instance, has uh, been a partner of ours for probably six, seven years now, and uh, provide us with apparel for our players. Uh, we don't receive any direct funding from those companies, but they all participate in players uh, getting a good deal on equipment or something like that. Uh, usually what we do to, to get added money for our purses is we'll run a, a local event with a local charity, and uh, they'll attract some local sponsors, and uh, a lot of the money goes to the charity and some of the money goes to the purse. So that's how we create it. Now, we do have mm-hmm. some uh, feature events through the year that have much bigger purses, like $50,000. And uh, we've got one of those coming up in uh, at Seneca Niagara Casino in uh, Niagara Falls, New York. And uh, that's going to be, as I think you mentioned, it's going to be the end of August. And uh, we're going to have a $50,000 professional purse plus a $50,000 pro-am purse of which the wow. professionals will will participate in some of that. Uh, that that's a, what we call a feature event. And uh, Seneca Niagara Hotel is uh, the largest hotel in western New York. And it's a four-diamond property from AAA. Uh, they have a, a golf course that's just a few miles from the hotel. Uh, Seneca Hickory Stick courses in the state of New York. And uh, we're looking for a little bigger field there. I expect to have between 40 and 60 professionals play in that. Nice. So do are you attracting, starting to attract more attention from other sponsors? You know, like you know, the golf manufacturing companies. You've got Wilson there. You know, the the Callaways, TaylorMades. Do you do you see more interest starting to to perk up from that uh, those folks? Well, unfortunately, uh, golf companies don't put a lot of money up for sponsorships. Uh, most of the sponsorships they have is to, to they endorse players and give them equipment and, and things like that, but uh, they don't put a whole lot of money into events. Uh, we are, we're looking, we're always looking, you know, for additional sponsors, and be, me being the, the owner of the tour, uh, things are negotiable. We, we can give people a good deal, give them a lot of exposure, uh, they get a lot of on-course exposure because, uh, you know, we generally run 30 to 40 professionals, so we don't close a golf course down. Besides getting the the local newspapers and TV in, involved in coverage, uh, there are a lot of people that will will come to watch the tournament but also play a golf course the same day. So, like, I have a starter tent from Wilson. Uh, it's not just 40 pros that are going to see that tent. It's going to be another 100 amateurs that play there every day for about four days. So they get a lot of on-site exposure. Right. 
So, Don, you, you guys have had some, you know, you know, you mentioned you know Marco Dawson a moment ago. You've had some other pretty nice success stories come off your uh, come off your tour. Walter Hall, I was reading about, oh, yeah. who went on to yeah. win seven million dollars on the Champions Tour. Talk about the guys you've had, you know, that have also had success, you know, coming from your tour and then moving on to whether it's the Champions Tour here in the in the states or over in the uh, European European Senior Tour. Well, Walter Hall was a godsend for us because uh, he came along and played the first year on our tour. And uh, most people know the story. He was a sales manager for an appliance distributor in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, we had 12 events the first year that we started our tour in the fall. And he played in six of them, and he won four of them. And we knew right off the bat that that he was going to have an exceptional career. Well, he qualified for the Champions Tour, and he did win over $7 million. So that gave us some hope, letting us know we were we were doing the right thing. And uh, we got a fellow, uh, James Mason. Some people might remember James. Uh, he, he qualified uh, for the NFL Classic in New Jersey on the Champions Tour. And as a Monday qualifier, he won the tournament. And uh, he, he's now in his 60s, but he's won over $3 million on the tour. Uh, Bertus Smith was a, a farmer from Cape Town, South Africa. I mean, you you talk about a, a small tour attracting players. This guy came all the way from South Africa, and he was their leading money winner in 2002 and 2003. And uh, 2005, he was the runner-up at the European Senior Tour School. And uh, he had enough top ten finishes that uh, he kept kept going along. And in 2009, he won the Ryder Cup Wales Senior Open. Uh, wow. Rod Spittle is another one. Rod's playing the Champions Tour regularly. Uh, he's a transplanted Canadian. Uh, he was a corporate executive in, in the uh, insurance industry in Ohio. And... Uh, he turned pro in 2004, and in 2005 he won his first Sun Belt event, and uh, now he's won about three million dollars. Uh, and he won the 2010 AT&T Championship on the Champions Tour. Uh, there's just a lot of guys like that. Gene Jones was another one. Uh, Gene is from Orlando. He was a teaching pro, and uh, mm-hmm. he won 21 tournaments on our tour between 2005 and 2007. Qualified wow. for the Champions Tour and uh, played it for three years and won nearly $3 million. Then there's more, but uh, that gives you an idea of, of uh, what's going on. Yeah, no, and, you know, and Don, I, I, I think, you know, in the, you got introduced to me through our friend Sean McKeel who's going to join me later this morning. You know, he's a guy that's sort of in – no man's land, if you will, for the two, you know, right. for, you know, getting from the, the current tour and bridging over to the champions tour, which is really one of the great benefits that your tour offers. You know, those guys 45 to 50 that are sort of waiting for the opportunity to get out on the champions tour and who may not be, you know, qualifying any longer to get out on the regular tour. Um, but talk about that. That's, that's gotta be something that the players are very thankful to you for, you know, for having this tour is helping them, you know, keep their game sharp in that sort of five year gap or as, you know, as they prepare to, you know, to move on to hopefully, like I say, the champions tour or the senior tour over in Europe. 
Yes, uh, I, I'm thankful for Sean McKeel. He's a good supporter of the Sunbelt Tour. And uh, through through players like him spreading the word, this year it seems like more than ever we have picked up a lot of the 45- to 50-year-olds, especially the guys from the Web.com Tour. We, we've had a lot of them. We had six tournaments in Florida, and uh, we we got a lot of those players. It, it gives them, They're not going to make a ton of money, but it gives them an opportunity to stay sharp, to compete. And that's what they've right. got to do if they think they want to get out there on the Champions Tour because guys that think they can take off five years or eight years and then go out there and, and get on the Champions Tour, it's not going to happen because uh, those guys are good. <laughs> Indeed they are. Don, just a couple more before we let you go. Like I mentioned in the intro, you guys are a supporter of the Veterans Golf Association. Talk about your involvement with them. Well, uh, we've done a lot with with, uh, retired military and current military. And uh, we've had an event in the last 12 years in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Uh, It was called the Patriot before the Patriot uh, foundation got started and and national uh, recognition, but uh, we've raised help raised over two million dollars for the wounded and and killed soldiers uh, out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina, uh, special ops and paratroopers and their families and help their kids get to school. So uh, that's something we're very proud of. We raised a lot of money for charities. Uh, we're having a, a new tournament uh, uh, in in September of this year with the new organization for the military. Uh, a lot of places will let them play golf for free, but we're doing a tournament to, to be a fundraiser for them. And uh, they're a new organization, and uh, I, I think they'll get a lot of support, and it'll grow. That's great stuff. Thank you for doing that. That means a heck of a lot, I'm sure, to uh, to the local military in that area and for the folks listening in on the Armed Forces Radio Network. That's great stuff that uh, that you and your organization are doing. Again, thank you for that, Don. Yes, sir. Where do you see your tournament or your tour heading in the next couple of years? Well, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a growing process, and uh, after 20 years, this is our 20th season, by the way. Uh, after 20 years, we we try to find out what works and what doesn't work, and uh, we're going to try to get some better events, some bigger events. So we we might cut back on some of the smaller ones where we don't have any sponsors, and work on uh, you know getting some bigger purses, and that'll bring in more players. Uh, even though we don't have as many events, the the money is what attracts them. You know. It, it, it doesn't matter how good the golf course is, they're all here for money. So that's what we're going to work on doing. So maybe instead of having 15 to 20 events, maybe we'll have 10. But uh, we're going to continue working at it. We, we've seen a lot of uh, success in the last couple of years, especially attracting the big names. Like I said, there's over 25 guys that won a million to 10 million on, on tour before they found us. And so that tells us we've got something worthwhile. Uh, we just got to make it a little bit better for the players so we can attract more. There you go. Don, for players or companies looking to get involved in more information, remind them, how can they find you and more information on the tour? The, the easiest thing, if they're just looking for information, uh, 
they go to www.sunbeltseniortour.com. To get a hold of me personally, I'd be more than happy to talk to them. My number, my cell number comes directly to me is 843-457-4030. And I look forward to talking to anybody about the tour that they think they can help us make it grow. There you go. Don, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to join me. It was great having the opportunity to talk with you. I hope you'll come back sometime and give us an update for how things are going and what you guys have got coming up. I'd love to. And by the way, I'm off to the Niagara Falls. <laughs> uh, I'm going up to Seneca Casino. We're going to finalize all of our uh, uh, information for the big coming tournament. We're going to have brochures going out within a couple weeks. And uh, we're excited about what's going on with our relationship with the Seneca Niagara Casino. That's great stuff. I know it's going to be a great event again uh, coming up at the end of August. So good luck with that, Don. All the best to you and your family. We look forward to catching up with you again, hopefully, like I say, real soon. Okay, Chris, we appreciate it, and uh, say hi to Sean for me. I sure will. All right, Don, take care. Thank you. Barnes, again, sunbeltseniortour.com. Go check them out. They've got a, they got 15 events, like I say, on the calendar for so far this year. Next one is uh, June 2nd to 5th at the Chelsea Oaks Golf Club over in Coleman, Alabama which is going to be followed then by the Oxford Senior Open at Cider Ridge Golf Club in Oxford, Alabama. So great stuff coming up from them. We look forward to catching up with Don again real soon. All right, now joining me on the Seymour Putters guest line is Dick Sullivan. Dick is the president and CEO of the PGA Tour Superstore. Prior to his his, uh, current role, he was the executive vice president with the uh, Atlanta Falcons, and prior to that, the Chief Marketing Officer over at Home Depot, and I am certainly thrilled to have him next on the tee with me this morning. Dick, thank you for joining me. Great to be with you, Chris. How are you today? Oh, fantastic. Thank you. So, Dick, I'm a, I'm a driver five iron away from your store over in Kennesaw, Georgia. Truly, one of my favorite things to do is to walk through those doors. It's like a golfer's wonderland in there. But we hear so much now, Dick, about the game and how it's you know, in decline, whether that's golf courses closing around the country or whatnot. It, but it doesn't look like it's in decline when I walk through the doors of your store because there's always a line of guys waiting to try new clubs in your simulators. What, what's the status of the golf retail business? Well, there has been a lot of discussion about it over the last couple of years. And, and like a lot of industries, you know, we've seen consolidation. Uh, in our case, though, we continue to grow. I mean, we've more than doubled our our stores in the last few years, and we're going to more than double our stores in, in the next few years to come. In fact, we've got a store opening up in Birmingham just in a couple of weeks. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. I was I was talking to Wally Uline um, at a Cushnet, and he said, you know, we, we really don't have a demand problem. Um, golf rounds aren't down as dramatically as you may may think. I mean, they're off a couple of points maybe one, two, three point. Um, certainly we need to bring the youth into the game. But, you know, overall, the, the sport is stabilized. There's still 25 million golfers out there, and the avid golfer certainly wants the newest and greatest equipment. And I think our, our mousetrap just happens to be better than, than others out there, and, and that's one of the reasons that we've been successful. Yeah, to, and to that point, Dick, you know, your mousetrap being better, what makes the PGA Tour Superstore unique in the marketplace? Well, I think it's a few things. Um, first of all, you know, the heritage of our chairman, Arthur Blank, and myself, 
uh, is Home Depot, and, and we realize that it's so important uh, to have the highest level of customer service, have the, the best trained people. And when we're at Home Depot, you couldn't walk into the store, and if you needed your toilet fixed or something repaired, um, you had to have quality, knowledgeable people. And it starts right there. And that's why I think that does separate us from, from a lot of the other golf competitors. But more importantly, the technology that's in our stores. Uh, you know, we invest there far and above probably anyone else because at the end of the day, you know, you need to be fit properly for your clubs. And the amount of clubs now that are being fit that are coming out of our stores is just phenomenal. I mean, we all know brands like Ping, you really need to fit. But even brands that you know, typically in the past may have been you know, bought right off the shelf, whether it be a TaylorMade or a Callaway driver or iron sets, even those are being fit inside of our simulators because people, yeah, as you know, I mean, the ball speed, the launch angle, the spin rate is different for everyone, and we need to customize right. that not just loft lie angles, but also with shafts and so on. So we bring the whole package, and uh, the amount of training that we invest is is uh, far beyond anyone else in the industry from product knowledge standpoint. And, um, it seems to be working. So, Dick, earlier this year, TaylorMade sent ripples throughout the golf industry, particularly on the retail side, You know, when they announced that they were going to be opening some retail outlet stores to sell some of their older inventory. If that goes well, I would think that the other big manufacturers would have to kind of follow suit. What would that mean to you guys? Well, you know, that, that question is asked a lot. And the, candidly, we carry a lot of brands in our stores that have outlet stores and, you know, more so on the apparel side. So, so long as it's not brand new product, brand new generation product, um, you know, we're, this is, this is America. This is capitalism. We can all do what we want to do. And, you know, there's Ralph Lauren outlet stores. I mean, there's Adidas outlet stores. I mean, it goes on and on. And so, um, so long as we have the newest and greatest products, I don't see it as an issue right now. I mean, that could change, but, um, and again, if you're going, you know, I use the, the ski industry a lot as, as an example. I mean, I'm not going to go to a general sporting goods if I'm a serious skier. I want to make sure my boots are fit right. I want to make sure I get the right skis. That's where we separate. We separate ourselves because we are going to be the place where you're going to get custom fit and you're going to get the right equipment for your game. And that probably is not going to happen um, at some of, if it's an outlet store. You know, you, you mentioned so driving a couple a five, times. I want to so say driving a fiver. Driving a five iron, I'm still trying to figure out how far away you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it may be a little further than a driver five iron. Maybe it's a driver <laughs> five iron pitching wedge. I'm probably a good part That's five okay. away. That's okay. Maybe you're downwind, so maybe it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. But yeah, I'm I'm you know, I'm probably a mile really in, in logistically. I'm a mile from the store. I mean, you know, come out of my subdivision, turn right, go down, turn left, they right there. So, very close. So, Dick, we got we got Father's Day coming up on the horizon, which I'm sure has got to be a tremendously busy time of year for you guys. What are some of the top gift ideas folks should have on their list this year for Dad? Well, thanks for asking because it, it typically is either the biggest week or number two or three, depending on you know what part of the country you're in. Um, I mean, certainly this is the this is the time of year where where people load up on gadgets for gifts, and uh, yeah, you know, the, there's new there's new rangefinders out there, the Bushnell uh, Xtor, I think it is, which is really unique rangefinder because in the past, if you were playing in competitive tournaments, you couldn't use slope, 
And obviously, slope is great for amateurs that want to know if it's an uphill, you know, 115-yard shot that really is 125. You, you, know, you want to know really the true distance with the, with the slope. Well, you can't play that if it's a sanctioned USGA event. In this case, um, this equipment, this piece of equipment, actually gives you like two different keys, uh, a red key and a black key that goes right on the front of the rangefinder. And if you're shooting the pin with a black key, your opponents know that you don't have any slope involved. And if red key means that you actually can use slope. So it's a, it's kind of a two-in-one. It's kind of a cool rangefinder, and that that's available this year. The watches, the GPS watches nowadays, you don't even have to load onto a computer. They're so simple. Uh, there's 38,000 courses, I think, are loaded on these watches, and you get not just, you know, front, center, and back. You get hazards. You get the distance, you know, to carry bunkers. And I actually personally like the watches because, um, I mean, shooting directly to the pin, I know I don't exactly. If it's a 125-yard shot, you know, I'm not always perfect on 125. But if I know that it's 145 to the back, it gives me a little more comfort. I think it speeds up the game once you know the yeah. front and the back kind of pull the pull the club that's going to be somewhere in that range, you know, for our you know amateurs. And then obviously. The best-selling uh, gift item for Dad is is uh, title is Pro V1 or Pro V1X, and Callaway's come out with a new great ball, the, the Chrome Soft. If, if you know about that, I'm sure you do. Which yes. is 65 compression. And Mickelson put it into play the moment he he tried it out. So there's a lot of great items out there. Um, I mean, I could go through the store, but I also encourage people to be creative and go to the garage of of Dad and look what kind of putter shape he has, and if he's got a two ball or he's got a you know, the old answer putter, the face plates now, the changes to the two ball and to the old answer ping putters, you can replicate that and feel comfortable that you're buying a putter that he likes. There you go. Yeah, chrome soft. I love that. That's that's my ball of choice. Uh, those things are fantastic. Dick, you guys also have a, a fun and kind of interesting promotion that started this week that's going to run through June 17th, which is the, the final round of the U.S. Open. The, the PGA Tour Superstore is going to give away a tailor-made driver if Dustin Johnson wins the U.S. Open. Give, give away all the, you know, anyone that has purchased between now and then, you're going to give it away for free if, if Dustin Johnson goes on to win the U.S. Open. Talk about the, how that promotion works. We still have you, Dick. I think we we're losing some of the audio. Or at least you're very muffled. Oh, can you hear me now? No, you're still 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 kind of distant. I'm sorry. I'm in the car. Um, I'm there you driving go. Out the, is that better? That is much. Okay, I apologize for that. I'm going out to a little golf course called Cuscawilla, um, out in Lake. Ah, Tony. good for you. Um. So. So the promotion is, is anybody that buys a tailor-made driver, R15, or arrow burner between now and Father's Day, if Dustin Jock wins the U.S. Open, uh, everybody gets that driver for free. And we've taken out an insurance policy, and these kinds of contest promotions have been done in the past. And this is really exciting because Dustin's playing at a very high level, and he plays these majors, especially the U.S. Open, at a very high level. So... It's very exciting. If you're, gonna, if you're in the market for a tailor-made driver, why would you go anywhere else but PGA Tour Superstores? So that's one of the things that we love about the promotion, and tailor-made has been great to work with, and, and, and go Dustin. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the next question, right? I, you, know, you say you guys have taken out an insurance policy, but that sort of begs the question, are you rooting for or against Dustin to win the U.S. Open? Oh, we want him to win. Oh, my gosh, we want him to win. How exciting would that be to give out? you know, millions or whatever, you know, drivers, dollars of drivers. I mean, it'd be, it'd be really, really exciting. You know, the, the sport itself needs a little bit of energy and excitement. And, and clearly after the Masters, after George Spieth's win, yeah. 
you know, that elevated the sales of, of Under Armour. I mean, there was no question what that, the impact that that did. And certainly after Ricky won, you know, we see a, a, a lift in, in Puma and the way people are dressing. Uh, so it's real exciting. We have these young guns. I hope the weather holds up out in Texas. I mean, they're, I was just listening. They've got threesomes now out in the course, and they're going early because the weather's not going to be so good. But it's a, it's a, right. it's a lot more energy, I feel, around the game of golf than there has been in, in for many, many years. And Rory is still going to be firing at the pen. And Tiger, I hope he comes back and plays you know, at a competitive level like he did at the Masters. So we've got a lot of positive things happening in the game, and we're just going to keep opening stores, and, and uh, we, we look forward to being in Birmingham in a few weeks. And we're we're also honored to be working with you guys on a promotion where one of our listeners uh, has the opportunity to win an autographed Dustin Johnson tailor-made driver by going to uh, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, our Facebook page, and relaying their favorite U.S. Open memory. Uh, one member, uh, one winner is actually going to be selected to win a Dustin Johnson autographed tailor-made driver. Thanks to to you and all the folks over at the PGA Tour Superstore. We thank you uh, for working with us on that. That's going to be a lot of fun to see. You know what people relay as uh, their favorite memory from the U.S. Open. And speaking of of memories, share share with us some of your favorite golf memories and the and the players that uh, you grew up watching and enjoying to watch. Well, I guess my my greatest golf memory was years ago when uh, was at Home Depot and the oldest senior PGA tournament uh, on the senior tour was the Payne Weber Invitational up in Charlotte and. IMG ran that event and they didn't have a sponsor and we sort of rescued it at the last minute. Um, and it became the home Depot invitational up at Piper Glen. And, uh, I got the unbelievable opportunity to play with Arnold Palmer for 18 holes with people wow. lined up from P to green. And, um, it was just an amazing experience. We don't have enough time to talk about, you know, all the stories from the first tee through, 18 and even just walking off the course and you know i thank mr palmer for an unbelievable memory and he looked at me and he said don't you want to have a beer and so it was <laughs> it was it was like just a regular guy out playing golf entertaining the fans and it was just um it was just a great experience and uh, but i also i also think that i've been fortunate to play at venues and oftentimes uh, the memories from those venue, venues are, is as much about the people. Um, I've had the chance to play at Augusta a couple times, and I'll never forget the round playing with Tom Cousins, who is the individual who re- revitalized the whole area around East Lake and brought the Tour Championship to Atlanta for for many decades. And Tom was 74 years old and shot 74 that day. And so, wow, uh, you know, one of the one of the greatest gentlemen um, and. Uh, you know, in our country, I think, and what he's done for these crime-infested areas and revitalized them, and they're they're no longer drug-infested. They have good schools. Just uh, just a, a legend in my mind. And so, playing at a place like Augusta was special, but, but being with him was just equally as special. And you, as you talk about people, who, who are some of your favorite uh, players based on the interactions, you know, building relationships, as you talk about? Who are some of the favorite players that you've had an opportunity to have interactions with? Well, um, that's a good question. I mean, I I, um, I don't spend a lot of time with the players on the tour. Um, I've played with a few. I think Matt Kuchar is always one of the favorite because he's a local Georgia Tech guy. Um, right. 
and and he's uh, just a just a gentleman. Uh, I've had the chance to play with some very good players, and most of them are, are you know incredibly uh, you know, great sports. I mean, even that. Uh, we're starting to lose you again, Dick. I think you must be going through a bad cell. I know it's tough out out in that part of uh, the highway. I'm so sorry, Chris. If, if I do lose you, I apologize there you for go. that. I'm back. Um, I, I, I think I think um, I think the the sport and the PGA Tour is so well represented with incredibly fine athletes, but also fine individuals. And I got to play with Kevin Strillman uh, a month or two ago, and a graduate of Duke, um, played at a, a fabulous place, uh, Whisper Rock in Arizona, and just a real gentleman. I mean, I, I, I have such great respect for these players uh, and how they hold themselves. Look at how what Jordan Spieth is doing for our game um, right. at 20 years of age, 20 years of age. So I, 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 I'm so impressed with so many of the players, and they're all fun, and, uh, and they're just incredibly, incredibly talented. A couple more before we let you go, Dick. I'm, I'm curious – how, as consumers, how influenced are we based on who wins a golf tournament, whether it's week to week or wins a major? Do you see that brand sales spike depending on who has won that week? Yes, uh, in two ways. Um, I think last summer when Angel Cabrera was playing up at the Greenbrier and he was out driving everyone with the new Ping G30, uh, I think he was, I can't remember how, it was 300 and something, 50. 60 yards, and everybody took notice on that. And they launched the the G30 in August of last year, and it's just been, I think, the number one driver probably since then. Um, so that really, everybody took notice on that. And and obviously with the scripting of the apparel in place over the last few years, whether it be, you know, at the majors, um, and and you see once once. Rory wins. People want to look like Rory or Ricky or Jordan. And Under Armour sales, obviously, were were very strong after the Masters and kind of started with with Tiger. And everybody knew that Tiger was wearing red on Sunday. And so that's been a real plus for uh, for retail. And it's just been kind of a fun fun way to kind of promote. You get to dress like a player. And 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 as I said, on the club side, clearly um, you, you're seeing you know you're seeing that with the, with the Ping G30. You know, the reality is the number one ball on tour, the number one shoe on tour, whether it be Titleist or Footjoy, always tends to be the number one at retail. So what the pros are playing is what's being sold in the stores. So to that end, the question now comes to you. What's in your bag? Well, it's it's kind of a mutt bag. I've got a lot of different things in my bag, I, I, and I actually are pretty well represented between Ping and Callaway and TaylorMade. I kind of, and I always mix it up because I love to try new stuff. And um, I've got these great wedges from Evil, um, which you know are sneaky, uh, great uh, wedges out there. And so I'm, I'm always trying new stuff because I need to get a better game, and I believe the equipment <laughs> will help me get a better game. It's not the Indian. It's clearly not the Indian, and it's not the bow. Uh, or the arrow it is it is the it is the equipment and i'm hoping to find something uh, in fact later on today i'm I'm trying some new stuff out so I'm, I'm excited about that weather here in atlanta there you go dick how can our listeners follow you in the pga tour superstore online and over social media well i think the the easiest way is to continue to go to our website um which is pga tour superstore.com 
and certainly follow it through the through the main site of PGATour.com. And on our Superstore website, we've got all kinds of new specials and all kinds of new things going. And, uh, and I encourage everybody to, to come into the stores because um, that's where all the fun is. And, and again, you know, during this time of year, whether you're in a hot, hot, hot part of, you know, whether you're in Florida or whether you're in California or Arizona, you know, come in and bang some balls and have some fun and try out some new equipment. But appreciate all yeah. your support, Chris, what you do for the game, and, and I look forward to hopefully catching up in the future. I hope so, Dick. Thank you, and great having you as part of the show, to your point. I hope we get to do it again sometime and stay up to date with what you guys are doing. Great stuff going on. Thank you for being here. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Take care, Dick. Dick Sullivan, president and CEO of the PGA Tour Superstore. Great stuff, and I'll tell you, you know, it is a wonderland in there. You walk through those doors, and, boy, with the simulators and the putting green, and they've even got a chipping area with, a, with sand in there, everything you can do there. Such a great place and, uh, and great stuff that they've got going on. Great stuff for Father's Day. It's a, it's a dad wonderland. You can't go wrong when you go in there and, you, and you're looking for something for dad for this Father's Day. All right, now joining me on the Seymour Putters guest line is 2003 PGA champion Sean McKeel. Sean is going to you know, join me as his schedule permits for a new segment that we're calling Ask Sean. So send us your questions throughout the week uh, via Twitter. You can find me at CT Mascaro or go to the next On the T Facebook page and let us know your golf-related questions, and Sean will do his best to respond either here or over social media. So, Sean, thanks for being here this morning. Hey, Chris. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. How you doing, my friend? I'm great. I was uh, I was just catching up on the show online there, and, and uh, I love both your guests there. I had some uh, really good comments with, with Don and everything that he's, he's yeah. trying to do with his Sunbelt Tour. And then, of course, Dick, um, you know, as you mentioned, you call it a wonderland. Um, you know, those places are really, they're really great for, um, you know, for people that are, interested in the game because it brings everybody that loves golf into one place. There's a lot of discussions, a lot of conversation about new products. And of course, I think what's important about having a store like that is making sure that you have a knowledgeable, you know, kind of workforce in there. There have been some stores I've got into that, you know, you go in there and, and uh, you can hear them talking to people. And I just kind of chuckle. I'm like, they don't have a clue. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting about that is that, you know, even I enjoy going into those stores because I look for training aids and, you know, Stephanie, my wife calls me tin cups sometimes. Everybody remembers <laughs> when uh, Rene Russo's character walks into the trailer and he's got stuff hanging off of his head and things attached to his shoulders and his arms. And, and uh, I, I can tell you that having access to all of the latest equipment is can be a sickness too. Um, you know, all of us, even at, at my level, on my level, um, people are interested and fascinated with the new stuff that comes out. I mean, I think people are, uh, when I'm looking for something, I'm looking for a new look, um, you know, because all of the companies are making things that are designed to be more forgiving, uh, to give you more distance and those types of things. But what's what's appealing to me is how it looks. And I had a conversation a couple of years ago with someone, and I, I, you know, I've been a traditionalist, and I like a thin top line. Um, I like a little bit of bounce on my clubs you know, with a little rounded leading edge because I don't, you know, I'm a divot taker, so I don't like a whole lot of dig. And I don't like a whole lot of offset. <clears throat> and this person told me, he was a, a, a manufacturing a representative for a big company, 
And he said, you know, Sean, this is this is where we're going with equipment, and you're just going to have to learn to like it. Well, I didn't set too oh. well. And uh, yeah, you know, I just yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't take take. <laughs> I, I didn't take offense to him. I think he was just being honest. I don't think he was being mean spirited about it. But it was just the fact that you know maybe the game was starting to, and the design of the game uh, was starting to pass me by. There are still companies out there that make a great forging and uh, a, a great small blade. But even as I've gotten older and the equipment has changed with the balls, it is difficult to hit those hit those small blades anymore because, you know, they, although the sweet spot in stuff is, is uh, you know, it's more compact when you have a smaller head, uh, there's a lot more room, a lot less room for error than there is today. It's difficult, I think, to get these balls up in the air, particularly the long irons. So you almost need a little bit more substance uh, behind the ball, and I think that's kind of where, where he was going with that comment. But, um, you know, going back to what I said, it's, it's, these stores are great. I, I enjoy going to them. Uh, when I'm on the road, I go to those stores uh, and I go to uh, guitar centers because <laughs> I sit there and I'll play different guitars and listen to the different amplifiers and stuff like that. So I enjoy those stores, and um, I think Dick was right in that, there's much being said about the downturn in golf and in manufacturing and the sales and retail, and that may be the case in, in some instances, but people are still fascinated with the game and are still playing the game. And all of this new equipment is designed to get people more involved to make it a little bit easier for them. So I, I enjoy listening to your guests. I appreciate that. Now, a, a couple of things that I wanted to build off of the comments you made, and we'll get to the questions that our listeners have got for you this week. But you, you mentioned about that you like the, you know, how a club looks. Is it is it look because it helps you feel more confident if it looks a certain way versus another? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think what's been unfortunate for me is that I've not taken advantage of a lot of the new technology because maybe I, I think I'm limiting myself by the way it looks. When, you know, when you when you start as a young player, and you know, you like for me, I like a thinner top line, I like a thinner bottom, a little bit more bounce. Now the bounce doesn't have anything to do with look, but I like a squarer toe. Um, there aren't a lot of companies that are building clubs with squarer toes. I think of uh, clubs like the old Ram. Tour grind that that really aren't even in existence anymore. Got things like you know Tom Watson used to play Nick Price. Um, I like a square toe. I like a thin top line. Um, you know, and you know, those are just the things that I'm going to kind of look for first. I'm gonna you know I pick the club up and look at it, and I may not necessarily give another club a try just because of the way it looks. And I think maybe that you know might might have held me back a little bit in terms of. Uh, you know, finding some new technologies out there that might benefit my game. So explain what you mean by thinner top line. Well, if you see any of the clubs now, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, the way they design the clubs. I mean, if you're going to have some substance at the bottom, a, 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 a thicker sole, for instance, you know, you really need to have something up top because what happens is if you build it up too much in the bottom, the, the club is, is it, well, it's just designed – I guess it lowers the center of gravity, and um, you know, you, and it, you need something to add the kind of the consistency of the weight um, and the thickness of the club. You know, you make a thin, a thick bottom. Well, you got to kind of make a thick top to balance everything out. Um, but I just like to look at just something a really thin top line, um, 
you know, it just it allows me to line the club up a little bit better. Um, and it's just something that I like. And um, and I, it may just be as simple as that. So you, you mentioned, you know, some of the long irons. You know, talk about, you know, today it seems like, you know, we're, more and more sets are taking the, the three and the four iron out in favor of hybrids. How do you feel about, you know, taking those clubs out and playing more hybrids? You know, I don't do that. I mean, I, I see the trend in that. It is difficult to get these, these long irons uh, up in the air, and hybrids have been, you know, maybe one of the most innovative uh, weapon, if you will, um, in a golfer's arsenal. I think it just – I remember a, a friend of mine, his father played all woods. He had all hybrids and all this stuff, and it goes back to the 80s when they were, companies were still were starting to make some of those clubs. Um, they're very uh, a very useful tool. Um, you know, my father uses them. You know, he's got a four hybrid and a three hybrid and stuff like that. But um, they're easier to hit. Um, they just allow the ball to get up in the air a lot quicker. But for me, I'm still a traditionalist. I still love the irons. But as far as the difficulty for me in the long irons is that I like I like spin. I've always liked spin. I think it's because when I grew up playing the Titleist, the Titleist Tour Ballada, I mean, it was a softball. I could spin the ball, and that's what allowed the ball to get up in the air for me. And even to this day, I do like spin, although I do understand that a lot of spin is not necessarily great for your game off the tee. And um, I struggle with that. But um, the hybrids, definitely the way that they allow the, the weight of the club to be lower in the club to allow you know the ball to launch higher quicker, um, those are the reasons why so many people are going to it. All right, so let's get to some of the questions that we heard this week uh, from from our listeners and those following uh, both of us over social media. Sean, uh, multiple people wrote in regarding the picture you have posted on your Twitter account with you, Yogi Berra, and Sugar Ray Leonard from the from the Bob Hope Classic. They wanted to know what it was like playing with those guys, and did did you hear any good Yogiisms? You know, I, one thing I, I you know, the, I started playing, when you play in the Bob Hope, I had been in the celebrity rotation for a number of years. And it seemed like two, I think I think I got paired with Yogi two years in a row. And that picture of me and Yogi and Sugar Ray Leonard was, I think might have been the first year that Yogi did not participate as a player. He was an honorary starter. And so he was there at, uh, that was out at Palm Springs. And I, I was paired with Sugar Ray Leonard that week. Um, and what was cool about that was he sent my father-in-law, who was a great, a huge boxing fan, a set of signed uh, boxing gloves from him. So he was, a, wow. he was great to play with. But, you know, Yogi was interesting um, to play with. Uh, he just, um, he loved golf. And um, the stories and, the, and the, the amount that he could recall and just remember and all the guys that he played with, um, were truly fascinating, and so I, you know, I'd ask him questions. And when you're out there with these with these celebrities, you know, I don't really want to get into. I, I ask him a few general questions about, you know, kind of what they do, maybe what movie they're they're shooting. But um, Yogi was just an just an interesting person. I, I remember, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the use of smokeless tobacco in the game of baseball, and right. a lot of a lot of the teams are moving away from it. And Yogi had this can in his pocket and I said and at his age I thought I said what what is that in your pocket are you using smokeless tobacco and he says no I never used it I I use he had um it was um turkey like jerky it was 
chopped <laughs> up, and he was, and that's what he was doing. So we had a lot of fun with that. You know, his wife was out there a couple of times. It was truly fascinating to play with a legend of the game. And, um, you know, I didn't, re- I knew that he was getting up there in age, and the other day I'd heard about his turning 90 last week or week four. And right. I just kind of felt felt the need to kind of send something out to him because it, it's just truly a legend of the game. And, and to be around someone like that uh, was uh, pretty cool. I bet that was. Sean, another listener said, you used to be with TaylorMade, and now you're with Callaway. How hard is the adjustment going from one brand to another? Uh, I think I think it's a lot more difficult than people realize. Um, you know, as I said earlier, you know, you get used to the shapes of certain clubs. Um, you know, you might play a set for a couple of years, although companies don't really really like you doing that. Um, the ball may be the biggest uh, the biggest issue. Um, there's a lot more consistency, I think, in the balls now. But the balls are the biggest change. Um, you know, one ball when you when you hit a ball off the tee, you know, you're used to your your eyes naturally after you've hit it for a while gravitate to a, to a certain location in space. And for me, I'm always trying to get the ball up in the air, but naturally I look lower just because that's where I've always kind of hit it. Um, you know, the look of the club is important, but it, only after a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you know, you kind of get used to that. The feels of the club, the the look of the club. You know, most companies try to develop a, a pear-shaped golf club. Um, you know, some are better at it than others. But... Um, you know, I think the irons, I don't think the irons are, have any difficulty whatsoever. All of the grooves are manufactured at the same. Uh, most companies do make clubs that are similar looking. And when you're, in a, when you're a high-level player, I know a lot was said about, about Rory McIlroy and the struggles he was having when he went to Nike. Um, but you basically bring in a set of clubs that you had, okay, that you've been playing with, and you just hand them over to them. And you say, I want you to copy these. And they pretty much do that. There are, I'm sure there are certain differences, certain things that they have to do, uh, you know, in the process to, to avoid, you know, copyright or, you know, basically just, you know, just taking the club and copying. But that's pretty much what they do. Um, and so I don't think the irons, because once you get, you know, an X100 shaft, you get the same grip, it's, it, you all have the same thing. But I think the difficulty comes with the ball and the driver. Hmm. All right. Another listener, you know, wanted to know, um, you know, about your go-to club. Do you, is there a club in your bag that you're most confident with? Well, I, su- I don't know. I mean, I suppose that, uh, you know, for the longest time, uh, this goes back to college days, really, uh, any shot really around the green was pretty much used with a high lofted club for me. Um, you know, I was taught a long time ago that, you know, you might use a couple different clubs to chip with, but there's always going to be one that you feel the best with. And that was back in the day before the 60-degree wedge became a huge hit. You know, I would use a 56, and I would use it for uh, a little pitch shot off the fringe to uh, a long a long chip shot to, of course, to hitting lob shots. And I think I still do that to some degree. I, I, I chip a lot with my 56 and my 60. I do carry three of those. So at a tournament, I've got to take out a three iron or a four iron. Um, I mean, the obvious things are that, you know, you're, on the long holes, you're going to be hitting driver. Um, so as far as those types of clubs, it may be being a favorite, a favorite go-to club. 
you know, it really just kind of depends on the shot. But I, but I would have to say that uh, you spend a lot more time around the greens, a lot in the, the more scoring areas. And if I'm able to use it, I prefer to use that kind of 56 degree wedge um, for most of my pitch shots because it allows me to, I can run it, uh, I can put a little spin on it, and I can get some height. So it's a very versatile club for me. Right. Another listener asks, is it fun to play in the U.S. Open when you know it's going to be a grind for four rounds and dealing with high rough, fast greens, and where par is a good score? No, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that one. I, I, um, you, you have to have a good attitude about that. And um, I know there have been some players over the years that, I, that I've played with that, that absolutely said they hated playing the U.S. Open and, and, and things of that nature. But I think I've, I've enjoyed uh, always playing – really difficult golf courses. You know, have there been times where I, hey, look, I got on an official when I walked off the green at Shinnecock in night in 2004. Um, I mean, I kind of lost my temper with him. I, I had shot 80. I was, I don't know, fourth or fifth place making a turn and I shot 80 and I was one of 28 guys that shot 80 or higher, I think that day. And um, I was really frustrated with the way the course, the course really got away from it. And they've, you know, that was the year that they started watering the seventh green about two or three groups into the round when they realized that they had just completely lost the green. But, you know, they've gone away from some of the things that the U.S. Open used to be, and that was, you know, really tight fairways, deep, really deep penal rough right off the edge of the fairway. They've gone to more graduated rough. But I, I do enjoy playing those courses when I'm playing well, and I think it exposes – exposes you when you're not playing well. And you have to have all facets of your game. You have to drive the ball in the fairway. You have to, you know, manage yourself going into the greens, um, you know, and you have to putt well uh, and, and chip the ball well. They Again, they've gone away from if you miss the green to this really deep rough around the greens uh, to this we're going to shave everything around the greens, and if you don't hit the green – it's going to roll 15, 20, 30 yards off the green, and then well, let's see what you have from there. And I understand that that's what they're going to have at Chambers Bay this year. But I have typically enjoyed tough golf courses because I felt like when I was playing my playing really good golf, um, you know, I could handle that because I felt like I could hit all the shots. And I think that's uh, where people get frustrated is it exposes you and it exposes all parts of your game. So if you're not driving it well you certainly aren't going to score well to U.S. Open. Right. So this one is similar to the, to the last one. Is, is it more fun playing the Masters because you know there are eagles and birdies out there so you can make up ground, or the U.S. Open when you know there's danger everywhere and the leaders are more likely to come back to the field? Well, that's an interesting question because in uh, my first Masters was in 2004, and that course had gone through significant changes. So I never got a chance to play the golf course um, w- with what I'll say a lot of birdies. I think the golf course, uh, you know, Jordan played extremely well this year and shot a, a low number, and I think a lot of that is course setup. Um, you know, of course, the U.S. Open is is um, – basically surrounded around par and 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 that's fun to play in uh making lots of birdies and having access to to pin locations is fun as well um you know i think that the masters is probably a little bit more fun to play in because there's multiple ways 
to get the ball close to the hole. You're not always having to, you know, fire at the pin. You know, you can take it off some slopes and use, utilize uh, the contours of the greens to get the ball close. So I would say in that in that regard, playing the Masters is probably a little bit more fun. Although, you know, they can dry those greens out really quickly with that sub-air system and make it extremely difficult. And and I think the years that I played the Masters, uh, I think they had kind of gone gone away from – um, you heard over the last couple of years, you know, they've brought the roars back. And that really goes right. back to the time that I was playing. You know, they lengthen the golf course so much where four is now 240-yard par three and with the same size green that it always has been. So that's not a lot of fun. And, and they basically, they control all that. Sean, we've had a, had a few folks ask about your health, <clears throat> pardon me, from your old shoulder injury to the heart condition that you've been dealing with over the last years. And for those who aren't aware, you've had uh, multiple valve heart blockage, 99% in, in one of the valves. Talk about uh, how your overall health is doing now. Well, I always appreciate those uh, questions. You know, um, I'm not always as easy as divulging information, but, I mean, I feel great. I feel pretty good. Um, you know, I've, I, I had, a, had a test done about a month ago, and, and my doctor was very happy with, with the outcome of that. And, um, you know, I can say that, you know, people ask me, you know, what's the most important part of playing the PGA Tour? Um, And I always tell them that staying healthy is at the top of the list. I mean, there's the obvious things of playing well, putting better, and those those types of things. Um, Right. But staying healthy is important. And it's unfortunate, I think, for me in my career because, I was really, you know, three years removed from my PGA win, and I had a great 2006. And I something I did that year, and early late, late 06, I got I got injured, and I'll never forget my teacher in 07. He asked me when I first saw him early in the year. He asked me if I was working with somebody new, and I said no. Why? And he said because your swing looks different. You don't have the height in your backswing, and it was, you know, I've going back to look at it, and that's really the time I realized I had been hurt because my shoulder was starting to make some noises, but it didn't really hurt as bad as, as, as you know as you might think um, until later on. But um, I feel, I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm, I, I am. I, I'm frustrated, and uh, it's really disappointing that um, some of the health issues really they just they just they never come at a good time. And they certainly did in my case. But as far as feeling feeling great, I do. And, uh, you know, I kind of watched myself. Uh, my shoulder still hurts. Um, it was a, a really significant injury um, that I had. My internal rotation is terrible. I still can't get my arm behind my back. And, look, we're seven seven years removed from that surgery this, in, a, in about a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, that's still frustrating. And I feel it every day. And uh, when I feel it, I think about, um, you know, having to withdraw from the U.S. Open and, and uh, all the majors from 2008. It's just, it just a bad bad moment in my career. So let's move on to hopefully a, a couple more questions before we go, hopefully a few brighter you know, brighter questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got – you talked about earlier on, Sean, about you know clubs and fitting, and, and we've got uh, one of your friends, Scott Felix, who's a top 100 fitter set to join us here in a couple yep. of weeks. And, and Scott made a great point to me when he and I were talking, he said high handicappers think they need to get better before they get their clubs fitted to them, which is actually backwards because those are the players who need the most help. 
and you know getting fit is going to make a difference but but talk about that when when you see you know you're at, you were at a pro am or still are and uh, you're talking to you know the weekend uh, you know we, you know we weekend hackers that are out there talk about the importance and or why it's important to get your clubs properly fit to you and constantly make those adjustments as you get better in the game yeah well i'll have to say that club fitting may be the most uh uh you know dynamic and uh one of the best improvements in the game of golf that I've ever seen um with the with the Doppler radar technology from Trackman and Flightscope there's, there's several other companies out there you know because you used to go into these stores even Dick would say you know you come in and you buy a set of clubs because you like the way they look and there wasn't a lot of kind of analytics behind you know, why a club might work well or not work well. And, and for me, look, I, I gravitate towards clubs that look great. So I would be one of those guys that would walk in off the clubs. Oh, I love these. I'm going to take them out and hit them. And then eventually, you know, because what, what happens is your body and your mind will adjust to the lie of the club, to the loft of the club, how it feels, and those types of things. But, um, I, you know, I've worked a lot with, with Scott and, and other people that, and I'm starting to understand the basics of kind of ball flight laws, the D plane and those types of things. And, you know, you might be playing a club, but you think this fits you perfectly. Maybe it's a little bit too long. Maybe it's a little too short. Maybe it's a little too flat, a little too upright. Those types of things um, that all affect your game. And it is extremely important. And look, it's been a great, it's been, it's a great business for, for, um, for teachers and students as well to really get an understanding because those types of things don't lie. I mean, you can look at, sit out there and hit hit high draws all day long and you may not like that shot and you can't, and, you're sit, and your teacher's trying to figure out why you're doing that based on, you know, a swing that lasts less than a second. Um, you know, so they're going to gravitate towards ball position, grip, and those types of things. But when you see a ball... Um, you know, starting left, you got a closed club face. If it's drawn, where well, your path is more right. So it's very technical. But if you have someone like Scott or someone that's really trained, they can explain all of the numbers to you and what they mean. Uh, there's a lot of information to be gained. You, you can, you can. Uh, it takes a lot to digest some of the numbers, and some of the numbers may not mean quite as much to you. But for the basic beginner golfer or mid handicap golfer that, that's looking to improve, that's the first place you got to start. You know, find a set of clubs that you like to look at, get fit for them, have them adjusted, loft, lie. Grip size is important as well. Shaft flexibility, um, those types of things. Um, it's it's just like, it's kind of like building a car, you know, you, and and that's that's important. It's important to start from the very beginning. So you gotta got to get out there and see one of these guys or ladies. There you go. And for those who want it, sort of an advanced peek and learn more about why it's important to get your clubs fitted from Scott, go to go to FelixClubWorks.com and Felix, F-E-L-I-X, FelixClubWorks.com. Sean, remind our listeners how they can follow you and send you uh, their questions over social media. Yeah, I'm, I'm at, uh, at Sean McKeel PGA, and uh, then you just type me into Facebook, Sean McKeel, and you'll, and you'll find me. I'm happy to answer. I got a few questions on Twitter and uh, which was kind of interesting. I actually enjoyed that. Um, you know, a lot of Twitter is very negative, and and um, I haven't haven't seen too much of that. And so I'm always always happy to answer questions. Uh, it's fun for me to because I enjoy I enjoy helping people and and sharing some of my stories. So uh, those are two great places to find me. There you go. 
Sean, this is this is a great segment. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, hopefully, as your schedule allows, we'll get to have you on uh, you know, s- semi-regularly to answer these questions and uh, share your stories. But uh, it's always such a privilege and an honor for us to have you as part of the show. Well, I appreciate that, Chris, and it's, uh, it's a pleasure for me to be on. All right. Take care, Sean. Have a great weekend. All, right. All the best to you and, uh, and your family. Yeah, I hope everybody has a great, great, safe Memorial weekend. All right. Great stuff. Take care, Sean. We'll catch up soon. See ya. Okay. Take care. Sean McKeel, again, at Sean McKeel PGA. You can find him uh, out there on Twitter. I am at CT Mascaro. And, uh, you know, tweet us your questions and uh, and go to uh, Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, our Facebook page, to get us uh, some of your questions as well. And we will absolutely get those on with Sean as he joins us. All right, folks, it's uh, it's about time for me to put a bow on this one. Before we go, I also want to give a shout-out today to our good friends over at GolfBalls.com. If you're looking for another great idea, remember, go you know PGA Tour Superstore, great stuff, Dad Wonderland in there. Another opportunity to find Dad some uh, unique gifts is uh, checking out the variety of options at GolfBalls.com. You can get Dad's name, his initials, or favorite saying printed on his favorite brand of golf balls or on some tees, Or how about a personalized hat or a towel? Make Dad's Day special and memorable with personalized gift items from GolfBalls.com. They are the online leader in golf customization. Also, before we close up shop, I want to remind you about the great book from our friends Dave Stockton and Dave Stockton Jr. You've heard us talk about it here on this show for the last couple of months. It's called Own Your Own Game. If you're starting to get the, you know, your game going physically, remember, so much is played between that five-inch space between our ears. Get your mind right. In this latest book, the Stocktons let you know how to use your mind to play winning golf. Own Your Game recreates the experience of riding 18 holes with Dave Stockton at one of his highly sought-after corporate outings and draws from his experience as a champion tour player and a revered coach. He shows you how to think better. Stay calmer, execute more consistently, and most importantly, how to enjoy the game more thoroughly. Go to StocktonGolf.com to get your copy, and for a couple extra dollars, he'll even autograph it for you. All right, everybody, my sincere thanks again to Don Barnes, Dick Sullivan, and Sean McKeel for joining me today and making today's show so much fun to be a part of. And we thank you for tuning in. You know we appreciate you guys the very most. Please check out our sister show, ThursdayNightTailgate.com, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari, our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find it on Blog Talk Radio and on Armed Forces Radio as well. Plus, on Friday nights, you can hear us from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on BoostRadioNetwork.com. That show, like this one, is also available on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player.fm, now Audio Boom, and SoundCloud as well. Every week on Thursday Night Tailgate, we are uh, we're joined by legends from around the NFL and the CFL. We are official partners with the NFL Alum- Alumni Association. Please also check out both shows on Facebook. You've heard us talk about it here on the show today, but please give us a like on Facebook. That's important to us, too. So next on the tee with Chris Mascaro and Thursday Night Tailgate. Uh, you can also find us online. This show is nextonthetee.net and thursdaynighttailgate.com. You can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free, plus keep up to date with who our future guests are going to be on both sites. Thanks again, folks, for choosing to listen to the show today. We really appreciate that. Until next week, 
Hit them straight, my friends. Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. And participate in Wendy's for a limited time. Meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. And this is my impression of a drill instructor directing a musical. Town hut! Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands! Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Left, left, left and step ball change. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers.